0: everybody, welcome to Through AAA Eyes. I'm your host, AAA. Thank you again for joining me this Wednesday. I hope you guys have had a good week. I, as usual, have had an interesting week. Um, <laughs> so, I'm going to tell you about my week and a little bit of a roundabout fashion. Um, what I wanted to talk about today was the n-word. Yep, I did try to warn you guys in the first episode, you know, I'd I'd be talking about some stuff that, you know, sort of touches my heart. Well, I need to talk about the n-word. So I was watching a video posted by um, a a photographer in the dance scene and um, in the social dance scene, I should clarify and he sent a video Um, it was in Senegal in Dakar and it looked like what was an awesome party some sort of dance festival there was a guy on stage who was lighter skinned maybe it looked um, I'm assuming here maybe northern African or something like that so this guy was getting the um, the crowd pumped up and what was he having them um chant nigger 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 yeah so f- from you know feeling like whoa that looks like a good party i wish i was there suddenly i was like excuse me no this mother sucker didn't exactly so not only does it sound bad but you know i couldn't help but feel like you know the crowd which was predominantly uh, senegalese knowing what their ancestors have gone through and coming from the proud tribes that they come from for for these guys to be and ladies as well i mean there were lots of ladies in this chant as well you know to be shouting out the word nigger it just showed me that perhaps in Africa we don't know the history of the word like people in the Caribbean or in America in you know in the U.S. know that word and perhaps it's time to teach what happened to their ancestors after they left here And because even when you visit the slave forts here and everything, they talk about what happened to the people on this side of the continent, you know, but they don't really talk about what happened once they got to their destinations and the legacy, the slave trade left behind. That was the only way I could at least, you know, in my head, you know, try like understand why an african would feel comfortable shouting out that word and you know you have to not know that history that's I, i'm i'm assuming maybe i'm being naive here but of course they know they know the word from the music they hear all their favorite rap stars um say this word but again, I wonder, do my African brothers and sisters actually understand the weight of that word? And in their head, are they repurposing the word? Which is what, you know, a lot of people I've met in the States explained to me that they were taking the power out of the word. But I don't believe that the people on this side actually Know the word, the history, before they can take away the power of it because they are still fighting colonialism as we speak today. So, to go into racism, I think I need to tell you about my first bout with racism. I, um, when I moved to New York at 17, um, it was my first semester in college there, and I didn't know at the time when I went into college because I I started. Um, I think I got into to New York. Maybe was it a week or two before school actually started. So I basically went to the student advisor and took whatever classes I could get into. I all I knew was I had to take 12 credits, a minimum of 12 credits. So they gave me whatever classes, you know, core credits that I could take. And unfortunately, when they did this, they gave me a schedule where I'd basically have a class at 9 a.m. And then my next class was at 4 p.m. And, you know, I was going to school in Manhattan and, you you know, where I lived in the Bronx is a little trek. So I had these huge gaps in my days. So I started to ride the bus as a way to get to know uptown, downtown, because I sure as heck never knew, you know, which way I was going and I often got lost. And the worst was when somebody, you asked for directions and they said, oh, just head, you know, head west. And I'm like, huh, where's west? And then I'd look at the sky and try to figure out where the sun was and if I could figure out where west was. But if it was midday, oh, I was, you know, sort of out of luck there. <laughs> so on one of these uh, bus rides, I got on in Midtown and then sat next to this lovely old lady who happened to be Caucasian. And we started talking, and it turned out that she was German. Uh, So, you know, I started to tell her about my folks, you know, living in Germany back in the 70s, and we were just having this lovely, lovely conversation. But while we're talking, I kept hearing, hmm, hmm, a lot of, you know, weird sounds from from the couple behind me now the couple behind me were african-american and they seemed quite insistent of you know on interrupting our conversation but they didn't say anything they just kept huffing and puffing kind of thing so finally this this lady gets off my um you know the lady i was talking to she gets off the bus and as soon as she got off the bus the couple behind me i remember the lady saying this you are nothing but a slave now in my head it was i was just like huh i was trying to figure this out now mind you i'm 17 years old i didn't really grow up with that kind of racism or any you know the racism where i grew up was more about where you were from as opposed to the color of your skin so it was just this, you know, I was in shock. I was like, "How? Huh? Why, why is she calling me a slave? And then they proceeded to, you know, call me every name in the book you know i was an uncle tom i was god knows what else but they caused quite a scene on the bus just shouting at me because now everyone else on the bus wanted to know what did i do to them to get that response and meanwhile i just started crying because i had no idea what i had done and i had no idea you know where to get off the bus i didn't know where i was and You know, and these guys kept going and going and going. Finally, they got off the bus. And even when they got off the bus, they were still threatening me from outside the bus, telling me to get off the bus so that they could, you know, kick my ass and, you know, whatever. So that was my first bout of racism. Now, being called a slave, um, it's, you know, at the time and this sounds really silly, but I didn't really, the only real history I knew about African Americans was what I watched on TV. And I watched Roots as a child. I watched, you know, movies like Nightmare in Badham County. And, you know, so I knew the African Americans were treated really badly. But Again, it was TV. So when these folks called me a slave, I was like, but in my head, I was like, but I'm not in roots. I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to understand why anyone would say that and, and why it was such a problem that I would talk to a woman with a different skin color. So after that experience, I began to sort of shy away a bit from um from african americans because i never knew when it when and if i would ever get insulted or as you know verbally assaulted or possibly you know physically assaulted as well so i just knew that for whatever reason i irritated them and this you know this continued for years and it's a shame to say this because I always felt out of place. And in college you get the comments of, Oh, you, you know, you, you speak with an accent, um, because my accent wasn't what they expected an African to sound like, or, um, you know, or that I acted bougie. And why was I bougie? Because I wanted to make sure that my plate was clean or, you know, I wanted to dress a certain way because that's how I was raised. So there was always this discrepancy in relationships and I never quite understood why. Because at the end of the day, we're all black, aren't we? At least, you know, between me and the uh, other African-Americans that I was dealing with. And even, okay, this is going to sound really lame. I have a problem with the word black. Because if you had asked me all through my childhood, what color was I? I'd have told you I was brown. I was a dark brown. I was a chocolatey brown. I was any type of brown, but I wasn't black. You know, I never understood why did I have? To, why did we have to be black? You know, there were so many shades of brown. We could be mahogany. We could be, uh, you know, we could be anything, but that was the word. We, uh, you know, that was chosen for us and again when you look into history black was always associated with evil or with darkness and so of course we we were called black for a reason it wasn't about the color of our skin so anyways going forward the word nigger always made me uncomfortable I could never understand why it was used so freely and I remember being in the club and a song will come on and it, the song is hot and I'm dancing, I'm dancing. And then they say the word nigger. And I suddenly, I'm just like, hmm, it ruins the moment for me. I can't say the word. Everybody else could. I can't say the word. And I started to notice as well. I couldn't say the word my friends who were Caucasian or another race couldn't say the word, but yet other black people were very comfortable saying the word, and I didn't get it. The, um, there is an author called Eric Jerome Dickey. I have all of his books, good Lord. I've spent enough on his books. Um, But one of his older books, I can't even remember which one specifically, he has a line that says something like, nigger is a state of mind and I don't live there. And I always agreed with this because there's so m- many things that are, you know, associated with the word nigger. And I'm sorry that I keep saying the word nigger because I am so uncomfortable using it, but I, I'm hoping it's making you feel uncomfortable as well because I just think it needs to disappear but that's just me some folks like to hold on to it a little longer but i for me in my world in my existence i don't like it and i think it's a word that has been used to hurt to hold people back to torment you know and i just don't see the fun in using it i can't i mean there are other words that we have repurposed per se you know, but at the same time, those words don't have the weight of nigger. Years later, I moved to Texas and I got into, um, a traffic incident where somebody decided they needed to bump me to get my car out of the way because I was wasting their precious time. You know, God forbid that there was actually a red light and I couldn't go anywhere, but he needed to bump me out of the way. And this, um, I'm going to say the word gentleman loosely decided to call me out of my name, claim that he knew what you people want that i wanted his money and that you know i was nothing but a nigger and etc 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 now this gentleman who was probably reliving his uh, southern roots the unfortunate southern you know part of his southern roots felt he was justified in calling me out of my name he terrified me i was shaking by the time he was done and again, the child in me was like, why, well, what did I do? What, you know, I, I never understand when people are mean because I can't fathom being mean, you know, just on the spur of the moment. It's, it's never been in my spirit and it always fascinates me that others can access that hate so quickly and over something as mediocre as skin color. Like really, like that's what drives you when there's so much more to be angry about in the world. But my skin color offends you the most. And after that incident, not only did it make me start carrying pepper spray, but I started to realize that people were fragile. You know, because when you think about what do I have to go through to... Come up with a word and reinforce it to such an extent to hurt somebody else. That means I fear you. I fear who you are. I fear everything that is part of your core, a part of your heart. I just fear you. And I started to feel sorry for people who felt the need to torment others using the N-word. And at the same time my my feeling you know sorry for them doesn't stop the hate but perhaps we need to twist the way we start teaching history and stop giving that power to that word and start showing that word as basically someone who was weak them using it as their only weapon when they couldn't beat it out of you anymore when they couldn't you know they couldn't hold you back anymore So a couple of days ago, I went to a networking event and there was a gentleman called Ronnie. Uh, He's African American. And we were having a little bit of a sort of soul train line at the end of the event. It was was lots of fun. And Ronnie was just dancing his butt off. Ronnie, let me paint a picture. He was petite, um, 50 something i would say and um, he was just having the time of his life and ron you know ronnie said to me i can't believe i am home my whole life i've been looking for a home and here i am i'm home now home for him meant he was back on the motherland and just the tears in his eyes made me tear up because this is someone whose whole life has felt incomplete where he was raised, where it should have been home for him. But yet policies and, you know, social, so, social structures have left him feeling like he's never been home. And suddenly he steps foot on the, you know, in Ghana and he feels like he's home. It was his first day. And it just meant so much for him to see home again. And I think we forget the impact of slavery and, and racism, the ongoing impact, that we have generations of people who just wanna feel whole because we have hurt them so much. So, when when I heard him talk so proudly about being home, then, you know, my mind went back to that video that started this whole thing. So, and I kept thinking, now imagine how much it's going to hurt him to know that his home still uses the language that he's running away from. We have to do better. I keep saying this over and over, but... It's just, it's not hard not to hurt someone. It's not hard to remove the bad elements in our lives. It's it's not that complicated. So, in honor of Ronnie feeling welcome here in Ghana, I would like to challenge all my listeners. If you have the word nigger, As part of your vocabulary. I challenge you to remove it. Don't use any version of it. Whether, you know, just don't use it. And, you know, this is how far I go with my, you know, my issue with using the word nigger. One of my favorite drinks is a Negroni cocktail. And trust me, I have trouble saying it. So to the point where I will often point to the drink that I want and not say it. And I'm sure the the wait staff or the bartenders think I'm a a little crazy because I could talk just fine. But I can't say the word. But that's just me being extreme. Let's, you know, for all the Ronnies in the world who are trying to find a home. Let's, let's create that home for them let let them feel safe here because i pray i pray that you know all the ronnie's of the world who are returning home and this year especially in ghana is the year of return where we're inviting former you know descendants of of enslaved people to come home i pray he doesn't come across that i pray that while he's here he doesn't feel the sting of racism I pray that he sees what life could have been and what can be created without hate. I really pray for that. So y'all, thank you very much for listening. And as and I'll remind you again, I challenge you to erase that word. Let's learn the history. Let's know it. Let's teach it. Let's erase the hate. Thank you very much for listening to me and I look forward to talking to you all next week. Have a beautiful, beautiful week ahead. Take care. Ciao.